let the party begin here in West Lafayette. One of the top five places to watch a college basketball game. I would argue you can't find a better one. Three on the way. Bullseye! I feel the electricity in the house. The passion. It's a wall of sound. So here it back. It is four with three. They go to wall of vacuum. Planted for three. This is the Boiler Ball Podcast. Welcome to the Purdue Basketball Podcast. I'm Elliot Bloom, joined by the voice of the Boilermakers, Rob Blackman. And uh, as we've mentioned the last couple episodes, we've been, uh, it's kind of senior week or senior uh, month here for us. We've been uh, talking to all the exiting seniors here in the Purdue Basketball Program. And I got to say, before I bring this guy on, I have gotten worn out on social media from our listeners asking and telling me about their anticipation for us to talk to Travion Williams. Well, so, yeah. yeah. So we're I've uh, been waiting for the call as well. When are we going to do Travion? Yep. So we're excited to finally get to it. I know uh, a lot of our fans will be happy uh, to see this pop up on their social media feeds. So uh, Travion, welcome in. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We've... Uh, we, as I mentioned, we talked to uh, Sasha and Eric Hunter, and uh, I, I think we taped those. We still had some some basketball to play. We did. We taped yes. those two. So as we tape this one, the season is concluded, and um, you are coming down the home stretch of your academic career, and the basketball future of you is right all in front of you. Um, you're working out currently and getting ready for the draft and that kind of stuff. And we definitely want to get into that. Uh, a little bit later, but before we get to that point, um, I want to start with uh, with you as a kid. What was Travion Williams the kid like growing up? Um, man, I was uh, I was very quiet, um, but also very active. Um, you know, as a kid, um, I always liked to dance. You know, wherever I was. Um, That's not know. a shocker. Right? <laughs> Everybody knows that. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I've, I've always wanted to dance. You know, wherever I was, um, you know, one thing my mom, you know, not just my mom, but my parents, family, uh, one thing they always stressed, you know, with me is just always be yourself, you know, wherever you are. Um, you know, being yourself is enough. And I, I truly believe in that, um, whether it's post on Instagram or uh, whatever the case may be, you know, I always try to uh, kind of emphasize that, you know, just being yourself, you know, it's, it's enough. And um, it's gotten me this far. And, um, you know, as a kid, like I said, I, I, there wasn't much to me. You know, I wasn't a bad kid. Uh, my mom didn't let me do much because, you know, because of the areas that we grew up, uh, that we grew up in, um, you know, you just weren't able to do, you know, regular outside activities, you know, as normal kids do. But, uh, you know, that's just what, what comes with it, you know. Um, kid from Chicago, man, it was uh, always bad areas. And, um, you know, you got to find a way to kind of, like, be yourself through all that. Um, and uh, like I said, man, I didn't, like I said, it, was, it wasn't much to me. You know, I, I was a kid. I was in a choir. Um, you know, I did choir uh, pretty much growing up throughout middle school. Um, you know, I always enjoyed singing. Um, when I wasn't playing basketball, I was usually trying to sound like Chris Brown or something like that. Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I always, um, you know, you, you always have to have, you know, those extracurricular things to do outside of basketball. You know, I always knew that, you know, I would be passionate about basketball, but, um, you know, I didn't want to be like everybody else. You know, I didn't want to just have one thing. You know, my dad always told me when I was little, he said, um, you know, don't be one dimensional um, and not just on the court, but just as a person, you know, just don't settle for for less when you can have more. And um, I've always pushed myself to, you know, to be that guy, that dancer on the team or that that singer or, um, you know, that the guy that cooks, the chef, you know, just whatever it is. You know, I always try to push myself to um, to more to doing more things. And, um, you know, it's, it's built, built a lot of relationships for me. You know, it's made me close with a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people have been attached to me because just because of my personality. And, you know, that's one thing I've, I've always appreciated um, because my mom, like I said, she always instilled that in me. And, um, man, it, it's been a blessing. You know, like I said, growing up, you know, kind of the way I did, you know, you look back as a kid and say, uh, man, I wish I could have did more. You mm-hmm. know, I wish I could have hung out more. But, you know, in reality, my mom understood that, you know, 
me hanging out was not the best thing for me. So she always tried. She always tried to keep me, you know, upon family, you know, somewhere around family and um, somewhere where I was safe, man. And I, like I said, I always appreciated it. But um, you know, as a kid, man, it wasn't like I said, it wasn't much to me. I, I was pretty simple, <laughs> straightforward. You know, I like to dance, I like to sing, I like to cook, and um, just be around family. So. I would argue there was a lot to you. You say there wasn't much to you at all. And i got to tell you, as a parent, it is so encouraging, Travion, to hear you talk about being uh, multifaceted in life. Um, we often so hear, hear so much, especially in athletics, uh, about not only uh, multi-sport athletes, and we hear a lot of talk about that, but I don't, as a parent, I don't think I hear enough about multifaceted human beings encouraging your kids to just what you're talking about whether it is singing dancing learning to play an instrument in the band or participate in the school play or those type of extracurricular activities i gotta tell you your mom and dad did a hell of a job raising (laughs) you it just encouraging you to do those other things because at the end of the day as you well know basketball will only take you so far right and Mm -hmm. as you and you said it your parents the lesson they were teaching you you need to be more than just a basketball player. Definitely, definitely, man. Um, like I said, my dad, like my dad, for example, man, he always tell me, he always tells me, you know, prepare for war in a time of peace, and you know, one of the, I took that as, you know, kind of just having patience. He always tried to use basketball as, uh, like a teaching tool. You know, however, whatever the situation or scenario was, he always, you know, re- related it back to basketball, and that's kind of what helped me learn. Uh, better you know we all learn different and uh, I was able to learn that way you know through basketball which is something you know that I love so um, like I said he's all they, they've always instilled that in me man and um, you know I just you know I listen and, yeah, you know, obviously. and, and it, it paid <laughs> off for me so so you talked about the upbringing in Chicago and is was there an age when that became you became aware of that that like eh, we're in a this is a rough town. Like it could be, you know, there's some danger out there. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, I want to say when I was about ten, ten ish. Um, I, I kind of always knew, just because my parents always made me aware of my surroundings and and I, I knew it had to be a reason. Like my mom never let me play uh, basketball outside. Never. Like she mm. never let me go to a park and play wow. outside. I always had to be inside playing somewhere. Like she even told my dad, like. Do not leave my son outside. Like, he can't play outside. So, um, I would say about 10 years old, um, I kind of knew kind of like my surroundings and know the area I was in and um, how intense things were. Um, You know, there were times where, you know, I, I, my mom was upstairs and, you know, we're we're sitting in the house and, um, and I'm downstairs playing the game. My mom's upstairs laying in her bed and um, there's somebody, you know, banging at the door just banging at the door and my mom comes down i'm like or she's laying down and i go get her from upstairs and she, we, we both come down we open the door you know there's a guy sitting in front of us just bleeding out like sitting in front of our door oh just bleeding out like so when i tell you man like i i think i've seen it all yeah like yeah whether it's being shot at or seeing somebody get shot or you know I, I've, I've seen it all man and it's to see that as a kid, it's it can be traumatizing, but, you know, just the lesson that my parents always tried to teach me, you know, I use that as fuel. I use that as motivation to to not want to surround myself around those things. You know, I've seen family members, you know, get shot. Like, my, my uncle, you know, I've seen fam- uh, close friends get shot. Like, it's like it's the real deal in Chicago. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, when, when you hear people from Chicago, you know, they take pride in it because... You know, it's a lot of people don't make it out. You right. Know what I mean? mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there's something to be said for getting out. And you, yeah, it's definitely. been it's been well documented. The, the journey, the Big Ten Network show, touched on it with you and and dove into that. And you you lost. You mentioned your uncle. You lost a family member to yeah. to gun violence. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, I, I I hate to kind of reopen the wound for you, but yeah. just how how did it affect you and is there a day that goes by that you feel like you you didn't i guess carry a lesson away from that um man i th- there's no chance you know i always that's always in the back of my head yeah um 
and, and it sucks because you know Chicago is a very beautiful city, man. And, um, it's a very beautiful place, and um, just to have that negativity, you know, on its name, it's just it doesn't sit right with me because you know obviously being from there, um, but um, also understanding that you know it's just the way it is, you know, and you got to kind of figure it out. Um, you know, my parents wanted me to figure it out early on, and um, like I said, they've always just constantly you know made me aware they've taught me um, about my surroundings and the people you hang around and how this can lead to this and um man like I said they've always made me aware and so like I've, I've always just sat back and listened and appreciated because um you know I, like I said I've watched those things happen to to kids younger than me or older than me people older than me I, I've watched it happen you know my uncle um somebody who was very close to me you know um you know kind of when it happened to him uh I had no like, I didn't know how to feel about it, you know, because it's like you you have so many innocent people in the world and, and they, they get taken away, you know, just because somebody feels like pulling the trigger. Right. It's never like oftentimes it's for a reason. But there's no reason to have guns in the first place. But, um, you know, when you see somebody get taken away like that. When there's no reason upon it, it's it it just doesn't sit right with you. So, like I said, I've always been the type to kind of use that as motivation and and um and just you know try to get away from that. You know, yeah. my, my I know my uncle if he was still here, I know he would have wanted me to keep going. You know, there's a lot of times where you know I was I was here playing for Purdue and I was just thinking about my uncle. I'm like, man, like I really want to give up, but. You know, I know if he was here, he wouldn't let me. You right, know? So right. I've always kept that in the back of my head. And um, like I said, man, it's done a lot for me. So, Well, good for you to take that um, unimaginable situation for most of us and to find a way to make it be a positive in your life. That's really admirable. Do you – so your mom wanted to get you out of Chicago, basically. Yeah. That, that all goes down with your uncle, and that was – probably is it safe to say that's the straw that broke the camel's back it's like all right we're we're out of here well yeah that was my actually my mom wanted me to stay in chicago my mom loved staying in chicago um i actually went to after my uncle got shot i i went to uh my other uncle uh his name is curtis yep you met curtis oh yeah um i went to his house in michigan and this is before anything had happened. I just went up there to kind of get away and uh, hang with my cousins. And, you know, he had just got a new place up there, I think. And I was like, oh, I'm going to come down there and just kind of, you know, get away from all this. And I went down there for about a week or so. And I told my, I called my mom when it was almost time for me to go. Um, at the end of the week, I called my mom. I was like, mom, I can get used to this. You know, my uncle, he just uh, so happened to be a principal at the school. Um, not too far away from his house. So I'm like, um, I had already been, you know, throughout the summer, I had already been working out, coming up, visiting my uncle in Michigan. And um, I had been playing with the team, open gym, and uh, just hanging with the kids, you know, whatever it was. And yeah. I was throughout the school, and they all knew me. Um, they they treated me like I was LeBron James because <laughs> I was the tallest person in the school. Um, but, man, it, it was amazing, you know, just um, – just making that transition you know i actually called my mom i said mom can you please let me stay and um you know it was a, it was a safe environment for me you know there was no no bs nothing no everything was just pushed pushed away you know only thing for me to focus on was just basketball school yeah so um you know i had I had the right support system around me um you know obviously it was tough um what a lot of people don't know is you know it, it was tough this I had a little separation from my mom for a little bit, um, you know. So that's why, you know, always our bond is is so strong. Um, you know, when I made that transition to move to Michigan, um, my mom was actually driving back and forth from Chicago to Michigan. Wow. So she was working in both places, Ugh. driving back and forth. How Every, long did that go on for? I want to say. Almost a year or two. Oh, wow. wow. Almost a year or two. Yeah, she, she was driving back and forth, um, going to work in Chicago, then coming back, sleeping in Michigan, and going to work in Michigan, and going going back. She just kept, dude, when I tell you, she's like superwoman. Like, I've never, you just, like, I, I always, like, now I tell her, like, mom, sit down somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah. I tell her, like, just relax. Like, get some rest. 
but she man that's just how she is you know yeah. she she wants the best for me and she always you know she always sacrifices for me so um man i think she really took my you know my idea of, of moving to michigan into consideration you know she she believed that it was the best thing for me at the time you know just being in chicago it gets draining and you constantly turn on the tv and somebody else is gone or a yeah. kid is shot or yeah accident you know you just it's it's always something so just to be away from that man it, it felt good well and people don't people don't realize too the mental struggle and the toll it takes on you mentally like you know it's one thing you know okay i'm i'm staying away from the bullets i'm staying in my house i'm you know keeping my nose clean but just when all that's going on the mental struggle that just knowing it's outside your door mm-hmm. like that has got to be exhausting you you get to detroit you find home your game starts taking off a little bit. You start getting noticed from a recruiting standpoint. Talk about the recruiting process and and why ultimately you ended up here at Purdue. Um, man, I, I think the recruiting process w- was, um, I don't know, man. It was it was a little tough, um, a little unexpected for me. Um, you know, coming from where I come from and uh, just knowing the the type of player I used to be. You know, I never thought in a million years I would ever get a college scholarship. You know, I never thought that would happen. Um, you know, I still wonder how, you know, <laughs> to this day. Um, you know, like I said, my parents have always taught me to um, to kind of be that impact on someone, you know, always impact somebody else. And, um, you know, coming to the school in Detroit, you know, it was a, I was a bunch, I was around a bunch of guys that, never played basketball before, you know, like kids that never tried choir or tried being in the play, you know, it was always just go to school, mess around and, and just, you know, be bad. And, yeah. you know, they never had uh, a purpose, you know, they never had a goal. And, um, man, coming into that school and, and being able to impact those kids, you know, just being a, 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 a positive, you know, uh, impact on the school, you know, just coming in, everybody looking up to me, because um, I'm doing something right with my life, you know, and I and from, you know, me looking on looking at myself, it's just like, man, I'm just playing basketball, but you know, everybody else looks up at me and they're like, man, he's doing the right thing, he's playing basketball, you know, he's going to school, getting do, doing what he needs to do, um, to be successful, and I think, you know, that took a toll you know, on everybody, you know, in the in the school, so. Um, I was going to ask you, did the did the pressure ever get to you? Did you, did you feel the pressure of I, like? Yeah, Ex- people's expectations of you. Um, <clears throat> I definitely felt the pressure. Uh, I felt it more for my family for, uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, just because you know the, we don't let each other settle for less. You know, we we always strive for for the best. And um, like I said, I, I did feel a little pressure, but like I said, coming into that school, man, um, you know, I, I never expected to to get a college. You know, like I said, college scholarship. Um, you know, that was it was an art based school. Um, so they had like I wanna say like twenty floors of just artists, you know, all through all throughout the building and um it was like I said, it was an art based school. So I'm like I'm I come I'm coming in and I'm thinking like, man, like how am I gonna re- get recruited here? Like right. there's no there's just no way. Yeah, so I wanna cut you off there because that's the part that's always intrigued me and I certainly probably should have asked you before now. But you you went to a tiny private high school, right? That, yeah. as you admit, was really known for art. Yeah. Certainly not basketball. And you mentioned you hanging out around the school even before you enrolled there. They treated you like LeBron James because <laughs> wow, a tall guy that can play basketball. Yeah. We've never had that. Now we've had a number of potential Picassos, but we've <laughs> never had a guy that can actually put a round ball in a hoop. Yeah, man. So what was that like? And again, I can't imagine the college coaches spent a lot of time around that high school uh, looking yeah, for no. basketball players. That had to be such a unique experience for you. Man, it was definitely unique. Like I said, it was a it was a bunch of guys who who've never played basketball before. (laughs) And you guys did some good things. I mean, you had success as a team. Yeah, we won district. uh, We were district champs. And, um, like I, I feel say, like it's, it's a Disney movie, yeah, right? Really, man, really. like here I he is. Like here it. comes Travion, takes all the the art art kids to yeah. the uh, put your smocks down. It's time to go ball. <laughs> no, it definitely it definitely gave me like high school musical vibes, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's exactly right. But yeah, man, it, it was amazing. Like you know, just watching those guys, they looked up to me, man, just because I was doing something positive, and um, you know, 
them playing basketball was a way for them to kind of stay out the streets. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, st- stay away from doing, you know, negative things outside of school. Because, um, you know, a lot of times those kids, like, they never had direction. They never had guidance. They never had, and I'm not saying, like, you know, I had all the answers, but just the fact that I was doing something right, um, it, it kind of sat with them, and it made them, you know, look at me differently than other, than other students. And, um, man, just being able to come in and impact those guys the way I did, um, you know, my, my parents, I think my parents were most proud about that than anything else, you know, being able to um, just have other people, you know, like I said, look up to you, man. It, it means a lot, and it does a lot for it. It's your confirmation you know, that you're doing something right. Yeah. So. That's a good way to put it. What was the what were the one or two things that ended up making Purdue your choice? Um well for one, I wanna say, you know, close to home, you know, um, you know, it was a family environment. You know, I am a very family family oriented guy and um and you know, that was on my visit, that was one of the main things that I was looking for. You know, yeah. just just a, another place to call home, you know, home away from home. Um, and, you know, my, my mom, you know, she was happy with it. You know, what a lot of people don't know, actually, this is a crazy thing. So <laughs> I brought her down to three schools. It was Purdue, Michigan State, and Xavier. Xavier, okay. Xavier offered me first. Okay. I, went, I think I visited Xavier about four times. Um, you know, I ran with the guys a couple times, you know, hung out with the coach and stuff like that. Um, Michigan State. I think I had been there like eight times. Mm-hmm. I had been there quite quite a few times. Uh, actually, me and Ojel was there at the same time. Uh, most of those times, you know, I would Draymond used to come back when you play open gym. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was a, a lot of fun. Uh, I came to Purdue twice. Mm-hmm. Like I visited here twice, and I knew from the second time. I said, "This is where I want to be," and I told my mom right after the visit. I was like, Mom, this is where I want to be. It's amazing. Like, <clears throat> there's times that we've been on the other end of that, like where a kid will come mm. a ton, mm. and you feel like, man, this is awesome. He's coming a bunch. He must love it that we're going to get him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he goes somewhere else, and we're just sitting there scratching our heads going, what happened? <laughs> and so, yeah, it just goes to show you never know. Like, at the end of the day, you end up getting a feeling or a vibe, and, yeah. and you know, like, this is my spot. Yeah. And I, I, I want to say one thing that my dad did say um, – or my mom, sorry, my mom did say before even coming on a visit, you know, she talked about uh, how some schools try, you know, they, they try too hard. Right, you know, they, right. They try to, like, they fake you know, obviously it. you're supposed to make it, make it nice for the kid, but, sure. um, you know, one thing I always appreciated, you know, about, you know, Purdue program is the honesty, you know, coming in, coach told me right away. You know, I, I, t- I talk about all the coach told me right with Travion. <laughs> <laughs> we got a spot for you, man. Um, this is what we did with this guy. You know, we think we can do the same thing with you, if not better. Um, you know, and, and that's one thing that I always appreciated. Like, that honesty, man. Like, that's that that sings in well with me because, you know, it, it's real. You know what I mean? some Like I said, some people, a lot of, a lot of times coaches try to, like um, – you know, add add things to the accolades and, and try to make it nice and sound yeah, good yeah. to the kid and which and like which I understand, but like, you know, you need people to tell you how it is. You know, you need people to tell you the real and um, just for your own success. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why we haven't had as many kids leaving as other programs. Like you know, we've had our fair share, but if you look at the numbers we're way at the bottom. And I think it's because they get here and they, what plays out is usually what they're told, how it's going to play yeah. out. Instead of like, you know, going to these other places, we're like, yeah, hell yeah, you'll play 40 minutes a game. Yeah. And then they look around the locker room and they realize seven guys got told they're playing 40 minutes a game. Like, wait a minute, something's not adding up here. And that's the difference. That's the yeah. difference right there. You know, coach, coach will say, man, I want to play everybody, but I can't. Right. Whereas yeah. other schools would be like, yeah, man, you can come and play forty for yeah. us. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'll, that's, I always appreciate that. That was a perfect example. But. Yeah. Well, and coach was very honest with you about your weight, right? And you've yeah. talked about that before. Yeah. He told you up front. Um, right now, you're too heavy to play Big Ten basketball. Yeah, and to your credit, you 
you know, again, you took the constructive feed, uh, con- constructive criticism and used it to your advantage. Yeah, how hard is that as a person who, and I've heard this from a lot of people, a lot of our fans, that one of the reasons they love you so much is they can relate. Like, they can relate to, hey, I fight weight, and I fight having that, you know, that constant, like, need to work, to keep working. Mm-hmm. Um, how hard is that? I mean, talk talk through, like, you know, you've done, you've done a great job, and I've told, I've had probably 10 to 15 NBA people call me over the last month, <laughs> and they're doing their homework on everybody, and mm-hmm. your name comes up, and, okay, now let's talk about Travion. And I constantly tell them, I said, look, very rarely do you have a guy who, it improves all four years, which you did. And I also say that he works relentlessly at his body. And that's a constant battle for you where some guys are, you know, the DNA is different. <laughs> they get touched on the head a little different. And all of a sudden, like, it's not as big of a struggle. Talk us through that struggle for you. And then, do you ever look at other guys and be like, man, you lucky. So oh, like, man. The- <laughs> all the time. All the time. Especially... I would say one person I look at all the time, Eric. Oh, Eric Hunter. Yeah. He eats yeah. whatever he wants <laughs> and does not gain weight at all. So, um, man, just dealing with that, um, it's it's been it's it's been tough. You know, obviously it was a it was a tough journey. Um, you know, everybody's just built a built a little different. Right, right. You know, right. with me, it's 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 the craziest thing ever. You know, I can eat I can eat three, four slices of pizza and gain like five pounds that night. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I learned that obviously when I got here, but um, just to see my metabolism and everything go like that, man, it was unreal. Like, um, but that was, that was you no know, step one for me, you know, finding out what I can and cannot eat um, and then finding out what I liked. Um, so obviously dealing with weight, you know, I dealt with weight in high school. Um, you know, we didn't have a weight room in high school. So wow. uh, while I'm in that school. Had a lot school, of easels and stuff, but yeah, no weight yeah, room. No. While I'm in that school, you know, I'm wondering how I'm going to get recruited. And I'm thinking, like, man, we don't even have a weight room. Like, <laughs> wow. So basically, I, I was just, I was going to school. I would practice. Or I would go eat first and then practice and then go eat again. Because we had, like, where, where the school was, um, there was a bunch of, like, restaurants in the area so kids after school everybody's just outside just mm-hmm. walking around uh getting food and we had this place called coney island uh at my high school and i don't know if you've ever heard of coney island it's like they got like hot dogs yeah. and, oh, yeah. and chili yeah. cheese fries and all that all the good stuff the stuff that oh, you need to see stuff you don't need uh, <laughs> man but i i want to say um like I said, I had no guidance uh, in terms of you know what kind of what to put in my body uh, while I was in high school. Like I said, we we didn't have a weight room, so we end our season my senior year. I'm I'm 325 pounds, and I'm like, man, there's no way I'm definitely gonna get redshirted. So I'm coming. I'm already thinking I'm gonna get redshirted. Uh, for one, I'm already surprised about the scholarship. You know, as it is, you know, I I don't. So when I came in. Um, like I said, coach told me, like, Travion, you're not going to play, man. And, you know, I, I when I stepped on the scale, and I'm like, man, like, I'm 325 pounds. I was like, there's no way. Like, there's just no way I let myself get this heavy. And, um, man, dealing with that has been a struggle. But um, it, it's been it's been amazing at the same time because, like I said, um, you know, I've always – use my struggles as motivation you know like i said whether it's whatever's going bad in my life um i try to use it as motivation and it, it makes me go harder i don't know what it is it's something in my head <laughs> it's something in my head that why i just like i get into it man and, and um you know i just lock in on that one specific goal um but i would just say one thing the best i would say the best thing about dealing with the weight um was or the best thing that helped me while dealing with it um i actually went pescatarian for for a year Mm -hmm. um and then that's kind of where you know i see i started seeing changes in my body i'm a big seafood guy so i can eat seafood with anything any day Mm. any time of day love seafood um so i went pescatarian for a day or not for a day for a year i'm sorry Um, and I was kind of rolling with that and I started seeing my body change and I'm like, man, like 
I should I should stick with this and um, but the downside of that was I was losing weight but I was losing muscle Mm-hmm. So I, I needed that that steak and that that chicken and yep. um, I needed that from time to time. So yep. just having trying to build a balance um, was the, was the toughest part, you know, trying to not lose muscle but lose weight. And um, I would say that was the one thing that helped me a lot, you know, sticking with that. Um, obviously coming here with Gav, you know, guys, you guys remember Gavin? Yeah. Um, you know. Gav, you know, he he took a chance on me, man. He he was bringing me in early in the morning, even when I didn't want to. Yeah, <laughs> I was doing it, man. And, uh, I was doing two days, three days, you know, running hills, uh, you know, pushing the trap bar, whatever it was. You know, I was I was always doing something. Um, and like I said, I I always you know text Gav. I text Gav until this day. Gav just texted me last week. He he texted me and, and checked on me. He was like, man, like. You know, I wouldn't be in this position without you. And, uh, man, I appreciate, you know, you, Eric, and Sasha. You guys have been amazing. You know, I still talk to Gav, and, and I tell him, man, how, how much I appreciate him. You know, I don't think I would be in the, in the position I, I am in today, you know, without him. You know, he he sacrificed for me. You know, he, yeah. he put in a lot of time with me, and he, did, he didn't have to. You know, part of it was him, but part of it was me, you know, um, you know making that sacrifice. Because I want, the, you know, I, I want these snacks. But I can't have them just for the fact that, you know, for what I'm trying to do. So um, it's all about, all about having discipline. You put a lot of hours in those summers. I remember Gavin was our former strength and conditioning coach, and he's now at Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of times where you would be in here early in those June, July mornings, and you and Gavin getting to work and then coming back and doing stuff in the afternoon as well. And um, that's a that's a real, uh, a real testament to you because that's uh, – <laughs> You you definitely put the time in. You mentioned three twenty five. Was that the highest? That the was most you weighed. That was the highest I've ever weighed. Yeah. Okay, and then what? Like, what's your playing weight? What was your playing weight this year? And what are you going into the draft weighing? Um, playing weight this year, I want to say two sixty. Hmm. Um, I'm at like two fifty right now. Wow. Um, so I've been wow. doing I've been doing pretty good. Um, just trying to stay stay around that two forty. 240 to 255 range, you know, nothing more than that. Um, obviously, I don't want to get too small. You yeah. Know, but yeah, there's um, a balance to it. You yeah. don't want to, you want to maintain because that's part of who you are as a player, too. Is yeah. your, you know, um, but that's, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah. dropping mm-hmm. 75 pounds. Um, one of the things that when I was, when we would talk to scouts and stuff, that, you know, your mobility um, for a big guy, you know, you move really well. We always used to joke with you about when you would, your flexibility too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you you move like a guard in a lot of ways, and you have a lot of guard like qualities. Um, did you notice, like from a skill standpoint, your passing ability, your ball handling ability for a big guy? Did you notice that early on? Because I don't remember it. You you've never really. I mean, you work on it. It's part of basketball, mm-hmm. but like, it's not like you were down there dribbling through cones all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So was that something that just came easy for you as a young kid, and then? You just kept it, obviously, as a big guy. Um, you know, I've always kept it. Um, my dad, you know, growing up, he always kept me in guard like workouts. You know, even mm-hmm. you know, like that that comes with you know his saying, "Don't be one dimensional." And I told you, I said that earlier. Um, you know, with basketball, he never wanted me just to be a traditional big man. Like he never wanted me a back to the basket type guy you know you have to have a little more to you um in order to make it and yeah you know, he, he's always made that clear yep um but my my dad has always kept me you know i've never i never did big man workouts until high school um hmm. i've always did guard like workouts you know uh was dribbling through cones you know i've always just worked on it you know i wasn't the best but like i said it took some time and i he you know he had me start out at an early age so you know, the older I got and the time that I realized that, like, this is what I want to do, you know, I was good enough to, to be able to do it. So, um, you know, and I was always able to, to handle the ball a little bit. Uh, but like I said, weight has always held me back from, you know, I was one of those guys, you know, I, yeah. he, he, you can tell he has skill, but his weight is going to, you know, hold him back from that. And um, like I said, my dad has always kept me around that. And um, I, I didn't start when I got to Michigan. Um, that's when I started like working on the big man, all the big man moves and the jump hooks. And so me, me coming in, trying to adjust to the role here, man, it, it was, it was different for me, you know, trying to 
because knowing what I was doing in high school, you know, I was bringing the ball up from my high school. <laughs> yeah, like, right. And I was the tallest dude on the court. Right. And I was bringing, like, we, I, my guards, like, I imagine I'll tell you, like, it was a bunch of guys that never played before. Yeah. So I was at 325 pounds. You got this guy <laughs> bringing the right. ball up the court. And, man. Well, that's what's so amazing let, to me. Yeah, is, they let me do it. It's how good of a passer you were at our level. Considering I can, I can only imagine that at the high school level, you probably rarely wanted to pass to some of your teammates <laughs> yeah, because they probably couldn't make a shot. But like, yeah, that's I mean, yeah, but that's that's the thing though. That's what made it fun, um, you know, because a lot of pe- a lot of people thought like that. We thought because you know I was one of the guys that that knew about basketball a little more. They thought that I was going to be selfish with it, and yeah. you know, my mom. She she told me from early, like early on before you know I even got to Michigan you know she's like they're gonna they're gonna think this but you gotta do this and you know I I've always used a lot I haven't nobody's asked me about this but I I always use passing as a way to like you know get guys involved you know um, it's it's kind of a hard thing to explain but it's like passing is not something you work on you know right. Um, it's it's more so like I th- I think I'm a good passer because I like being a part of something I was, collectively. Sure. I was just getting ready to ask you, do yeah, you, you think that like subconsciously you like the attaboys? Like you like the guys who are like, you know, the not that you need the praise, but like you like you're a gregarious guy. You like being around people, you yeah. like being you like being liked. I like yeah, I like being a part and of something. And so, do you think yeah. that yeah? Do you think that probably plays yeah, into? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think nobody goes to the court and say I'm gonna work on the passing today. I think it was it has. I don't know. It has to have to do with something, right? right. Like I, I feel like for me, it's about being a part of something. You know, it's about getting everybody involved. You know, I've always been that guy that wants success for everybody. Um, you know, like I said, my mom, she's man. She's the perfect example of, of that person, uh, always doing something when she has it. You know, she she gives it. You know, we've always been givers, and um, that's one thing I try to translate on the court. You know, being a giver. Now, sometimes it helps and it hurts you. You know, coaches <laughs> told me, Trayvon, you're passing too much. I'm like, coach, I'm sorry. We I need can't. you to uh, score that I'm ball, like, baby. Yeah, I'm like, coach, I'm sorry. I can't help it. Like, it's it's an instinct thing. Like, I see somebody open, I gotta I gotta whip it. Like, I, I have to, and. Um, I mean, that, that's the give or take about it. But um, I think it's more so, you know, the passing ability comes from, like I said, just like being a part of some, you know, seeing another guy win. Um, and then also to kind of take the pressure off myself. You know, guys, you know, obviously respect me as a player. And, um, you know, just being able to show more than one thing that I can do. And, um, you know, it feels good. So Well, another way you um... – Another way you were extremely popular and with your teammates and stuff too is this this last year, your senior year, accepting the role of being that sixth man and coming off the bench. And I don't know if anybody will ever handle a situation like that better than what you did. You set the bar so high for how someone should attack that if that happens to them. <laughs> I mean, you were unbelievable. I mean, there were so many times I'm watching the, watching second half action. We're down on defense, and I look over, and you're standing right next to me on the sideline, clapping, you know, getting the guys into it, and just being so um, happy for your fellow teammates and having that energy. And uh, I've never seen a transformation like that from your freshman, like from anybody's freshman year to their senior year. You know, your freshman year. There was a lot of long days of us trying to get you going in practice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the coach is saying, come on, man, we got 20 more minutes. You know, mm-hmm. let's go. And you flipped that script. You know, you were a guy that this last year we never had to coach effort in practice, um, never had a coach attitude. And uh, that's just a tremendous uh, a tremendous compliment to how you um, changed from your freshman year and grew and, yeah. and matured and all that stuff. But how you handled this last year was exemplary in terms of coming off the bench. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Um, I don't know. I, I thought it was going to be harder, uh, but it wasn't. You know, I at the end of the day, I just wanted Purdue to win. You know, that was that's all it was about for me. Um, I knew we had a great team. You know, I, I know I, I made it clear to myself very early on that coach is not going to be able to play everybody. You know, we have a really deep team. And, you know, once guys accept that, we'll be better off as a team. And... Um, like I said, it was never about 
you know, me is never about the all-American stuff and me playing more. You know, I, I think Zach's just as talented, you know. I think uh, our guys, we have the best guards in the country. You know, this is, that's just the way I think, and that's how I believe in our team. And um, I truly felt this last year, you know, whoever was on the court, I thought we were going to be successful. Um, you know, coach wouldn't put him in if, if he couldn't play. So, um, and, and that's the good thing about coach. You know, in reality, he wants to play everybody. And I think right. that's sometimes kind of what confuses him because he's like, man, like, I have so many options. I kind of know who to play now. It's <laughs> yeah. like, but, um, you know, that's a good, good thing about going in. You know, you make a mistake. You got another guy that can come in and, um, and you know, you feel good about it. And you know, a lot of times you come and make a mistake. You're like, man, like, you took me out for this guy, like, but that wasn't the case on this team. You know, whoever came in, you know, you were happy about it. You felt good about it. So, um, like I said, it was never about, you know, playing time for me. It was never about, uh, you know, being you know, the most seen guy on our team. Um, you know, I've always been selfless, man. And, um, like I said, it's, it's gotten me a long way. You know, I've always, um, wanted more for other guys just as much as I want for myself. And, um, my mom has always taught me to be that way, you know, always be that impact on, you know, whoever you're around, you know, just and try to be impactful and, um, you know, never to be selfish. And like I said, man, it, it's been it's been like I, I embrace it. Like you said, I embraced it, you know, coming as a freshman. I was really quiet. You know, you got yeah. to ask me sometimes in practice, like, Travion, are you OK? Like. I was just so quiet, like, but it, it was never because I had an attitude or I was mad. It was just like, I genuinely had nothing to say, you know, <laughs> like, but. And you did your work, like, I remember, I think we all remember that you're kind of coming out up at Wisconsin mm -hmm. when you mm -hmm. come in in the second half or first half a little bit too and really just kind of took over the game <laughs> as, a young, as a young man and uh, was a huge win for us because that year the top three teams in the league going into the season was Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. and, and our first three road games of the year, Michigan, yeah. Michigan State, Wisconsin. I remember looking at that in <laughs> August when the schedule came out. I go, man, what? Like, And we dropped games at Michigan and Michigan State, and then we basically were like, I was like, well, we just get through this game, and then we'll just start winning. You know, we'll, we'll pick it up and start winning some games. And we ended up winning in overtime, mm -hmm. and you were big time. You made some great passes. You scored the ball on the block. You just – you got big rebounds, and you flipped it. And then from then on, coach had a dilemma. You know, now all of a sudden, hey, I got another guy I got to yeah. play. <laughs> and, and, and it changed our season because it gave us all confidence. We started winning games. We ended up winning the league. Yeah. You got a ring on your finger. We go to the Elite Eight. You know, you, we had a lot of success here, a lot of Sweet 16s, Elite Eight, Big Ten Championship. Um, you know, you look back, and you did a lot of good things. Sixth man of the year, I mean – um, there's a lot to be proud of as you look back on your four years here. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. You know, I, I appreciate it all, man. Uh, it's been amazing, really, you know, just, you know, being able to go through it, you know, with those, with the guys I have gone through with. Uh, man, it's been amazing. You know, I've built a lot of great relationships. Um, but, you know, most importantly, I think I've impacted a lot of people, you know. Mm -hmm. um, that's what it's about for me. It's better than any championship that we, that we can win. Um, it's about you know, impacting people and just being positive, you know, showing people that outside of this jersey, I'm a good person, you know. So that was, that's what it was about for me. So You may have a future in fundraising, Travion. You, 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 better, watch, you better keep your phone line open. When you're done playing, old John Purdue Club may be giving you a call and say, hey, man, we could use a dude like you get in front of some of our fans and alums and donors and, and talk about Purdue and, and, and everything like that with the passion you do. You you be well on your way. So, hey, we end every podcast here with the final four, and these are four questions. And I got to say that I am very excited to get your answers here. <laughs> very excited. Yeah, like yeah. some guys, be I'll be honest, like some be guys good. are like, eh, we got to kind of get through this. No, this will be really good for Travion. So final four questions here with Travion Williams. Number one, what is your go-to music of choice? Music of choice. Um, you jump in the car. You're right now. You're working out in Chicago a bunch, getting ready for the draft. Uh -huh. So when you get in the car and you're heading north on 65, what are you what are you listening to? What's the mood? Like, are we are we turning up or are we like chilling or? But do both. Let's say let's say you want to get going a little bit. Or let's say you want to chill. What's your what? Uh, if I'm chilling, I'm I'm very old school, man. I like Lauren Hill. Um, 
It's called doo yeah. I, I like Lauren Hill, so I should, she's a go-to. You know, you can't go wrong. Okay. Um, yeah, I definitely her. Whether we turn up. Do you have a chilling. favorite all-time artist or band? Favorite? Mm, I don't have a favorite all-time. I don't. Okay. Do you, uh, is like, there anything in your playlist that if somebody, if I turned it on right now and said, you know, that's on Travion Williams' playlist, they'd be like, no way. You got anything totally like different that people wouldn't expect see. that you like? I got I got a little uh, I got a little Luke Combs on my playlist. Oh, actually, oh really? Now, actually. Uh. all right, help me out. I'm assuming that Luke Combs is country. Country. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got a little Luke Combs in there. <laughs> gotta have it. I was just getting ready to say, don't tell me you have a country, country. dude on there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Good for you. <laughs> Uh, and we referenced this. You're very musical. You, um, if you, anybody who follows Travion on his social will see him from time to time singing. Got a, got a, some friends in town that you guys get together and do your thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, are you? Uh, do you add vocals? Are you ever on an instrument at all with this group? Never. I've never played an instrument ever in my life. <laughs> I can can you read it. music? Uh, Barely. I haven't been it like when I was in middle school I could because I was in choir. So sure, so you learned forced now. Us yeah, right. To to kind of read it a little bit, but uh, right now probably not as good. <laughs> so are you familiar with the notes? Like if they said, "Hey, sing a C," mm, or, sort of. Yeah. Okay. I All thought right. you'd be a. I was hoping you'd see. Yeah, I get on the keyboards there once in a while. <laughs> Cut I loose. Wish. I <laughs> right. Wish. Oh, I, I'm the same way. I, I wish. wish, man. Yeah, that is uh, that's awesome. Okay, second question here on the final four is: What is your favorite all time book, or maybe a good book you've read recently? Uh, favorite all time book. This is a kids book. Um, well, not necessarily a kids book, but in middle school, I always read uh, Diary of Wimpy Kid. Yeah, yeah, um, my kids read that. Yep. Yeah. Those are my those are my favorite books in in middle school for sure. Nice. Um, I love the movies. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I've read every chapter. So. Um, and just the the idea of having so many different color books, you know, they have like mm-hmm. every book has a different design on it. Yeah. Um. No. So those are my favorite books. Growing Did up. that help you? Like, okay, so mom says I you're not allowed to go outside. Did that help you? Like, pass the time, or did that help oh, yeah, you with child? Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. That's definitely. cool. I'm very familiar with those books. My yep, kids me went too. through yeah, those. Same I think with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, question here on the final, question three here on the final four. If you could wave a wand and do any profession other than basketball starting tomorrow, what would it be? Wave a wand and do any profession. Um, I honestly, I want to be a chef. Really? See, I, I thought you were gonna say you'd want to be like you know. I could see. I thought you were gonna say, "Look, I, if I could be the next Luther Vandross, <laughs> that's what I thought." Singing that's that would be yes. sweet. <laughs> no, man, I, I definitely like. You to be took a it chef, in a different man. direction. Good for you. Yeah, I like love food. Obviously, <laughs> do you watch? Do you watch any cooking shows? Uh, I watch uh, Master Chef from time mm-hmm. to time. Yeah, um, it's very that's very intriguing to me. So. Um, you know, they they move pretty fast, so I can never learn anything. But that's the good thing; they make you keep watching it because it's so fast. So I got I got one. I gotta look it up. And remember what it was, but I'll I'll share it with you when we get done here. But yeah, I I watch a lot of cooking shows. I love watching diners, drive-ins, and dives just to see the different places mm-hmm. around yeah. and some of the different stuff that they're making. Uh, some of the cooking shows bug me because I wish there was blind tasting. Yeah. And I don't like the fact that like the networks get a say in who gets who stays and who oh, goes. Yeah, man, I hate it. That's the part I don't like. If they did blind, t- if if there was ever ever a show that came out with blind tasting, I'd be all in. I but, actually have a uh, my post notifications on for the Food Network on Instagram. So every time they post or post something on the story or on the page, I always see it. So nice. What's your so if you had one go to, you had to impress somebody right now. With a dish. With a dish. What are you going to? Uh, some type of like shrimp pasta or something. Oh, like there shrimp you, pasta. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Some with some seafood in it, so nice. I can eat it too. There you, <laughs> there you, go, there you go. Hey, why is the portion so small? <laughs> Travion ate the rest of it. Okay, question here on the uh, final question here on the final four. 
uh, with Travion Williams. What is a little-known fact that either no one or very few people know about you? Little-known fact. Um, hmm. I feel like I feel like I've said everything. Um, so we've got into some things that yeah. I think that I didn't. I didn't um, know a couple things that we talked about today. Did I say I was in choir? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know that until you brought it up. Uh, I, think, I think that's probably one of the ones. You know? I may be reaching out to Chandra here to see if there's any home <laughs> movies of old oh, Travion and Choir yeah. as a young oh, yeah. lad. I got a lot of those. Oh. <laughs> I got a lot of those. Do you remember a few years ago we were at, I think we were at Penn State. Yes, And we I were. did the baby photos. Yes, we I reached were. out to everybody's parents before <laughs> we went on this trip. It was one of those, like, you got to understand, the season's long. You know, it beats you down. You try to have some moments of joy on the road when you can find them. And it was the night before we played at Penn State, and I had asked everybody for a baby photo, and we got we got your one of your the one your mom sent was awesome. Like it was one of the <laughs> of course as the I put their current picture up and then hit a button and the the baby picture comes up next to it. And I think I'm trying to think who got the biggest laugh. Probably Coach Brantley got the biggest laugh. Yeah, I was thinking Brantley. For sure, I was thinking Brantley. Yeah, because his mom sent one that was hilarious. <laughs> but Trey's was pretty good too. I think you got yeah. yours got a lot of laughs too. So, so to see that young kid singing choir, that would be really cool if we could get a video. I'm going to work on that. Well, <laughs> hey, you man, sing bass or tenor? Or do you uh, I see. <laughs> I had a actually I had a higher pitch voice when oh, I was little, so gotcha. I was actually one of the like alto soprano. He gets okay. up there on yeah, his yeah, he's singing on social bit. media. Wow, wow. Get there, man. he's getting up there, man. <laughs> it's uh, it's good stuff. I want to, I want well when you put your uh, when you put a song out one day, remember us, <laughs> remember us back here in West Lafayette. Well, hey, man, you're uh, you're prepping for the draft, and we're all uh, we can't wait. June 23rd, the draft is, and we're all going to be watching and excited for you. And, and whatever uh, basketball holds for you, um, you'll be getting your degree in May. Um, great story, man, and we're just uh, we're so proud of you and uh, part of our basketball family forever. And uh, like I said, you got a big future, no matter what it is. If basketball is in your future, great, which I think it will be for a while. And then eventually when you uh, do your thing in another area of life, you're going to crush it. So Definitely, man. Appreciate you, man. All right. Well, thanks for taking time, Travion. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right. That was episode 85 here on the podcast with Travion Williams. Uh, I want to appreciate everybody listening. And until next time, be curious, be informed, and be well. Good night, everyone.